This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Wrestlemania Monday, I guess. The day after the weekend before, Maxi. How are you feeling? I am feeling delicate, as I was just <laughs> saying to you in the in the in the, the, the pre-record. I have this this epiphany flowing over today that I am too old to do this shit. I am too long in the tooth. And that's not the recording, that's not the podcasting. This is amazing. I absolutely love doing this. It's the multi-day long-time streams and then having no sleep the next day to do it all again. There was a time when it didn't bother me. Now I feel like death warmed up. Amazing. I feel quite good, to be honest. A bit tired, mate. A bit tired, but... Well, you would do. Do you know what? You had an alcohol-induced sleep, didn't you? Mm, because you were... You are one of uh, two recipients today of this. Pimple dick alert! Oh, a teeny weeny. So, and why is that? Getting straight into the first pimple dick. So, you joined us for the second uh, night's lap. Well, you joined us. There was no plan to do it. No, no. Which was which actually made the streams so much more fun because people were jumping in and out, and it was very kind of fluid uh, with the with the members. But you joined us, and it was brilliant that you joined us. But for the first half an hour or so, you really kind of disrupted the flow of the show. <laughs> and there's a massive reason for that. It's because mm. you're a fucking idiot. I, well, I was drunk. I was a drunk idiot. A, you were, you were pissed. Mm. B, you kept saying, can everybody hear me? And you kept replying as if you were playing the game where you have to answer the last question that you were asked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was the reason why that was happening, sir? There was a very p- particular reason why that was happening. Because I was watching the stream before I joined it, and I forgot to turn YouTube off. So you were reacting to the lag in the stream. I was. I was watching. I was effectively listening to us <laughs> via YouTube whilst we were in the studio, the, the StreamYard studio bit that we are here now. Yeah. 
you can't you can't you know do the whole pimple dip thing for that anyway, mate. You know that's that's well, harsh, I, isn't it? You, you, I can and I did. I, 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 I invented pimple dip. You can't be doing this shit. <laughs> you you reap what you saw, and I said there's not only one pimple dip, so we're gonna do it another time. Pimple dip alert! Oh, a teeny weeny. So, this week's second pimple dick. Ooh. Now, Ooh. the person who organised all this uh, this uh, WrestleMania festivities, massive, massive props to him. Matt Willis, an absolute superstar. Really kind of controlled the whole weekend. Um, did a great job. But he's gone and got the Rona. Today, he's tested oh. positive for the Rona. So, he is the second pimple dick of the day. So, unfortunately, there'll be no volley because, one, I'm feeling a little bit... Uh, delicate and he is feeling incredibly delicate with the Rona uh, so yeah the two pimple dicks today are my Radio Tekka's brothers well okay I'll, I'll, fair enough mate I'll take that I'll take that <laughs> that was that was really silly of me I'm not gonna lie it was really daft but it, uh, made, yeah. it made it for a great shot though in my defence I was incredibly intoxicated so I mean, you, 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 you weren't the only person over that weekend Tanner no got absolutely shit-faced the first night. <laughs> Dan got so drunk that he ended the night in the in the post-recorder, and I wish we'd have recorded it, just necking rum, butterscotch rum from a, a skull Ooh, bottle. Nice. Yeah, so... From a school bottle? A skull, a skull-shaped bottle. Oh, I thought you said from a school bottle. I was like... I mean, that'd be weird, weird in itself. And what are they doing in York? Like, do they, do they take <laughs> rum to school? Do they? Perhaps I should have been where I, I, mean, where I went. To be fair, living in York, I'd take rum to school. Yeah, yeah, fair point, mate, fair point. Anyway, Maxie, anyway, five minutes into the show, shall we start off how we normally do, all ready for the audio version later in the week? Let's do it. Okay, then, okay, then. afternoon good evening good morning wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from yes steve i heard the shout out on your show and yes don't worry there is no copyright coming mate i ain't got that kind of power or authority so you know whatever <laughs> at least you gave me a shout out this is chain wrestling live with mags and Sai. i am Sai, and with me as always is the man of the hour to my diesel power <laughs> Big the Survivor cool. Series. <laughs> <laughs> the Survivor Series to my severe case of the wearies. Because WrestleMania is catching up with me. I'm tired. I'm looking forward to bed tonight. I know I'm going to sleep well. A podcaster who insists, funnily enough, after you just did that, Max. A podcaster who insists on random people calling him Big Daddy Cool, despite the police telling him several times to stop it. You the Podfather himself. Naming strangers <laughs> cops. <laughs> Uh, the Podfather himself, Lord Mags. We've already covered how you are doing, sir, so I'm not even going to ask. Well, that's really good of you. Uh, I do want to add to it. This weekend has, has actually been amazing. Um, for the build of WrestleMania, um, can't say I was overly enthused in it. Uh, I felt that maybe this was the first WrestleMania where I wasn't excited. Um, 
but it over delivered in every aspect for me. There was not a part of the show. Uh, I think Saz froze there, so that's fun. Am I back? Um, you're back. But yeah, there was not a part of that WrestleMania that I didn't enjoy, even the wacky stuff. Um, I thought it was, uh, they, they absolutely nailed it for, for WrestleMania this year. Uh, props to WWE for that. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, I, I don't watch WWE television. It's not for me. You know, there are no. some, some brilliant moments in on it. You know, there's some entertaining moments on it. But I mean, three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown and all this. It's a lot of stuff to get through. And it's not my my cup of tea anymore. I enjoy AEW, even though I'm not really up to date with that either. But WrestleMania, I, I, I wanted to watch. And I went in not expecting a great deal, but I had a bloody great time. Both nights. And then watching it with my daughter in the day as well. So re-watching it, I guess. And each time I watched it, I enjoyed everything I saw. You know, the matches went from being okay, average, decent enough, I guess, non-offensive, to being bloody brilliant. There were some yeah. great comedy moments as well. Just, uh, you know, Austin coming back, everything about it. I, I, had, I had a great weekend. So, yeah, well done, WWE. Credit where yeah. it is due. Absolutely, absolutely. It was a, a banging time, and it was great to share it as well with uh, not only the, the the Radio Tickers team, but everybody who got involved. Guys like Marker, uh, Dan was superb. Um, Aura was a, an absolute gem. Uh, you also showed up. Um, I did. But yeah, just everyone who tuned in <laughs> and got involved in the chat um, just made it a, f- a really fun experience. Uh, kind of elevated it for for me. So yeah, props to everyone who got involved. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I, I had a great time doing the whole live streaming stuff with you lot as well. Some people that, you know, I've, I've known of or spoken to on Twitter or whatever for a long time, but never actually spoken to properly, the likes of Ori and Ray yeah. and so on. So that was that was fantastic as well. Yeah, that was really good. So yeah, I, I, had, I just had a bloody great weekend, mate. And I'm very, very glad I booked this morning off work, I'll tell you. <laughs> and here he is, the infected one himself in the chat. Uh, it was one hell of a weekend. Uh, Matt, absolutely props to you for, for uh, steering this ship. Uh, but what a, you, you earned a pimple dick for being infected with the raw or so. Swings yes. and roundabouts. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. You know, it means like, you know, a pandemic. Everyone's catching this at one point or another. But apparently Maxi feels the need to insult you over it, Matt, so... He actually asked me. He actually asked me in the DM. Said, "I expect you to insult me over it." So, what's more insult than being called a pimple dick? Very true. Very true. Dan Griffin there in the chat saying that Sami Zayn Johnny Knoxville was the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. (laughs) How amazing was it though? I mean, I know we're going to go off on some WrestleMania tangents, but that match was amazing. The Austin and KO match was better than it ever had any right to be. Pat McAfee versus uh, Austin Theory was was so much fun. Um, the stunner that Vince took was was mm. great in the very worst way possible. Yeah, it was just a, a really good weekend. I enjoyed everything about it. Yes, it was. It, I, I, it's just great. It was great. And it's funny as well watching with Charlie because she doesn't know who Johnny Knoxville is. You know, she's only 12, so she didn't watch Jackass when it was on telly. She was, I don't even think she was born when it started, to be fair. And when was Probably that? Late 90s, yeah. it was? I so, think, uh, early 2000s, I think. Yeah, so she was asking about what does he do? And I'm thinking, I said, I'll turn around to Sharon. I said, she's old enough to watch Jackass, isn't she? <laughs> Apparently, she, she is not. No? <laughs> she's definitely not old enough to watch Jackass, Jesus Christ. 
Uh, okay. Are you in the chat there, Charlie? Magsy says no. All right. <laughs> she started in the chat. We may have uh, we may have uh, forced her out, but um, I'm glad she enjoyed it. And that's the whole point of WrestleMania for me. Um, the the it brings families together. Um, yeah. the, the like you said. WWE is not really for us anymore. You don't watch it. I don't particularly watch it. I'll watch the main like pay per views, mm-hmm. and for, it, it did everything it needed to do. It was a, yeah. a, a massive, massive success. Was that Charlie then saying it's Monday night? Do you know what that means? It is. Oh, look at that! Stepping Ste- in for her mum, stealing the mum's gimmick. Well, Sharon's gone to the cinema tonight, mate. Oh. Now, the film starts at seven, so she should be back. I mean, the dog just barked, so I'm assuming she's back now, I what think. Film, Otherwise, what film has she gone to see? Morbius. Oh, what a what a letdown. What was the second time she's gone? She went on the weekend as well. Because it's to Jared Leto, isn't film? it? Yeah, yeah, it's Jared Leto, isn't it? She just loves Jared Leto, so... Uh, yeah, she is mentally ill. <laughs> so she'll probably be in the chat shortly but uh yeah that was quite cool i like that charlie stepping in and you know giving four for your mum's line there at the start of the show that was excellent dan griffin there i watched jackass and at 12 and i turned out oh wait no mags is right yeah fair <laughs> point <laughs> down now now yeah oh man i'm gonna have to dig some out and watch them like maybe i'll let charlie watch it when the rum's not around we'll see uh magsy Shall we chuck some embarrassing, awful garbage into the Hall of Lame? Let's. I mean, I should have got the the, the video ready, but we can do. Um... <laughs> Quick, Phil. Phil's on. Phil's on. <laughs> the Hall of Lame. What you got for us this week, then, Mags? Okay, so I want to go to 2004, a specific episode of SmackDown, which um, aired on the 16th of October. Now, not a very, not a a date that stands out in your mind, but there was an incident on this episode of SmackDown that has lived on in absolute infamy. So, this was the episode where Michael Cole was he was locked in a bathroom hmm. with a big muscular blonde haired hardened rack. So hmm. my entrant this week is Michael Cole being hard and raped in the <laughs> bathroom. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, this dear. is this is uh, I mean Hard and Rack is a is a a, a character that is essentially a stain on the underpants of, of wrestling. He technically ruined uh, people's memories of, of uh, Legion of Doom. Uh, they tried their best to make him uh, a big monster heel, but with that lisp, it just it just wouldn't uh, pass over. But this angle was was absolutely ridiculous. So you we essentially cut to uh, Michael Cole being pinned up against a, a cubicle wall. And the the video starts with him looking like he's being thrusted. Yeah. So, and then Harden Racky starts whispering, uh, "Sweet nothings, sweet nothings <laughs> in his ear." He 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 says to Michael, "I wonder, I bet you're wondering why I've got you back here." And it's it's essentially to read him a poem because that was the gimmick of Harden Rack. He dealt with his anger issues through the 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 means of poetry. Um, 
But you can never get over the fact it very much looked like Michael yeah. Cole was getting it dry from a big muscular harden rack. So for my pick, it's got to be the harden rip. I can't put that on Twitter, can I? I can't put this week's Hall of Lame behind it. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck finding a way around it. It's yeah. Michael, it's Harden Rack, potentially sexually assaulting Michael Cole in a in a bathroom. <laughs> potentially sexually assaulting. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it's not a good look, is it? It's not a good look. Very, very ropey moment in WWE. It's incredibly ropey. So I actually read um, a little bit of an interview. Well, it was a transcribe from a podcast uh, that uh, Hadarat went on maybe about um, a couple of years after he'd been released. uh, And it was one of those kind of like shoot style uh, podcasts. And he actually talked talked about this incident. uh, And he said it was... uh, it was actually Vince McMahon's idea. Uh, shock. shock. <laughs> I mean, I don't believe him for a minute because that's not the Vince I know. But uh, Vince didn't actually uh, come up come up to Hadarat with the idea. Uh, it was Steph that kind of relayed the information. Um, and he only found out it was happening on the day of the tapings as well. So we talk about WWE kind of booking on the fly now. Even back in 2004, they were doing exactly the same thing. Um, but Steph said that Vince had come up with this angle whilst having a nap, whilst having a, 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 essentially a daydream. Um, and uh, He dreams Hadera- about this kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, th- this is a guy who wanted uh, an incest storyline between his son and daughter. So, mm. yeah, he absolutely dreams about this thing. He wakes up solid dreaming about this kind of thing the, the, the whole thing between steph and shane that was like plan b wasn't it because initially it was, he wanted it to be himself and steph mm-hmm. yeah what is oh my word he lives in a very very weird secluded bubble yeah so anyway back to this uh shoot uh interview uh stephanie was the one who told harden rack about it uh and the reason why harden rack said he agreed was because he just wanted to be on TV. He wanted the TV time to kind of flesh out his character. Uh, and he ended the, this kind of segment about it saying he was just happy that he was the one doing the raping and not the one getting the rape. <laughs> uh, I suppose, you know, every client, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on before I say something that's going to get me in lots of trouble. <laughs> Can you top the Harden rip? I can't. I don't think I can. I don't think... Well, I don't know, actually. I suppose there is a kind of Vince McMahon sexual assault link to this, in a way. Oof. Randomly. Weirdly coincidence. It is. It is. Uh, Basically, in 1992, we had a character... Well, vignettes for a character starting to appear on WWF television. And eventually, it led to the debut of who I am throwing in to the Hall of Lame this week. The awful orange jumpsuited gimmick that was Nails. Now, this was shockingly bad. Mm-hmm. Nails was apparently a, a a prisoner that was... Literally, he was brought in just for a feud with the big boss man, who was a former prison guard. And apparently, Nails was guarded by the big boss man, and he was abused by the big boss man, and he was adamant he was innocent of his crimes in the first place. And he was coming to the WWF to get his own back on the big boss man for what happened. Now, if that's not nonsensical enough, if that's not daft enough, 
he spent his whole time in the company still wearing his prison overalls, which of course, you know, makes perfect sense, doesn't it? You've been banged up mm-hmm. inside for a while. Why wouldn't you want to keep your clothes? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, You'd certainly wouldn't want to ingratiate yourself back into society like yeah. a normal human being. No. And then my lasting memory of, of how awful this thing was, well, first of all, whenever he cut a promo or he'd be looking at the camera, shouting stuff in the ring or whatever, is how sweaty and how much he spat when yeah. he was talking. He was just literally, his, 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 from his shoulders up, from his neck up, he was just liquid. It was it was horrific. And then the second part is when he used to stand there with his nightstick, just bumping it into his own hand to the point where he must have broken a bone at some stage because he was literally levering himself with this nightstick over and over and over again. Eventually, it led to the nightstick on a pole match, mm-hmm. which was is as bad Fog. as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, it was. But eventually, Nails got, well, let go. He, he was asking for more money or there was a dispute over some kind of money, which led to Nails effectively assaulting Vince McMahon in his office. Whilst the but, berserker, but kept... not sexually assaulting. Le- not well, sexually this assaulting. is the thing. This is the thing. Nails says that Kevin, whatever his name was, Kevin Wall- Wallach or something, how was his name? He he says that Vince McMahon made a pass at him, and that's why he was trying to beat up Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. He said Vince McMahon sexually assaulted him, and that's why he was choking Vince on the floor. I mean, that does sound more believable. With the berserker guarding the door, apparently Nails bought the berserker along to guard the door yeah yeah and and that eventually led to nails leaving the wwf surprisingly enough uh nails also appeared in the court case for the steroid scandal against the wwf and vince mcmahon and you know did said said all he could about you know vince giving him steroids all the time to try and uh, get vince into more and more trouble but eventually got laughed out of court because what he said contradicted various things. He, at times he said that he was offered steroids by Vince. Vince wasn't even in that state at the time mm-hmm. and, and, and it completely just destroyed his, his argument. He then ended up as if it wasn't bad enough having this awful gimmick. He then ended up in WCW in exactly the same gimmick, but being called the prisoner. And it is just terrible. It's one of those things in 1992, I was 11. I was watching professional wrestling tapes and that would be when somebody who would mock me about wrestling would come in the room or that would be one of the characters that people will go, are you sure mate about this and and laugh about this thing I loved. So for being ridiculous, for being a liar and for contributing to me getting laughed at for being a wrestling fan when I was a kid, Nails is in at the Hall of Lame this week. I mean, another character who should have been in there way before now, because, yeah, you're absolutely right. And if he didn't have this kind of such a evil um, personal vendetta against Vince McMahon, the court case could have... It could have changed wrestling history. Oh, Vince yeah. could Vince could have gone gone to jail. The WWF could have could have essentially closed down. But he said in the in the court case that he hated Vince with all his heart and that's mm. one of the things that's that really swayed the the jury that uh he's his testimony obviously was full of of uh contradictions but was also massively biased um so he in effect saved the wwf which is yeah i bet that weird that, <laughs> i bet that ate him alive yeah yeah, totally. Uh, two very worthy entrants, I believe. The whole Heidenreich, Michael Cole, shall we just say, 
incident for now. And had a rip. Andrew, we've had a rip. <laughs> and the whole nails prisoner situation. M- man uh, rip. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> you don't make this any easier, do you? Let's be fair. Uh, Magsy, do you want to have a quick check on what's going on in the chat? And then we will jump across to our non-wrestling topic this week. Yes, sir. So um, we have got the the usual suspects, Dan Griffin. Hello, sir. Um, I'm, I wonder if you're feeling delicate because you had a, a very interesting weekend. Uh, Matt Willis is in the chat as well, and they're doing exactly the same thing. Apparently, uh, Dave Meltzer was offended by the, the Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville match. Yeah, Dave Meltzer's a fucking idiot. Yeah, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. That it, If you can't laugh fun. at that match... Um, there is something wrong, and, and we had uh, and someone else in the chat, uh, Marker, who finally has followed me after about two years of uh, of not following and doing multiple uh, content uh, with with each other. Um, he was on the for for the second day. Um, uh, we had a, a blast watching that Johnny Knoxville match. It was yeah. so much fun. All the callbacks to uh, the 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 jackass shot, the giant hand, the massive mousetrap, the the ball kicker, the taser, yeah. It was brilliant. Dave yeah, Meltzer needs fantastic. to get out of his own arse. Um, but yeah, we've got uh, Dan, Matt, uh, Marka all having uh, amazing chiwags. And this is a good point that, that Dan makes. And I think it covers a lot of that kind of um, um, mid-90s WWF characters. Says that as well as Nails wearing the jumpsuit, Bossman was also wearing his uniform. But then so did the Mounter. So mm. did T.L. Hopper, uh, who was meant to be a publisher. So did the Goon. That kind of like um, career gimmick bullshit. Uh, yeah, it, it was a it was a dark time for for, for wrestling. Not a good look, mate. Not a good look. Uh, so then, our non-wrestling topic this week was based upon, I suppose, the old fantasy dinner guests conversation. Mm. Uh, it's <laughs> and this got tasty. Yeah, it was. It was quite interesting. It was quite interesting. Uh, <laughs> we asked if you could invite any any three people to have dinner with yourself. So making up a four, alive, dead, whatever, any celebrities, etc., etc. Who would you choose? And if possible, tell us why. And we had quite a few interesting responses, Maxi, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We did. Uh, and we always thank the, the CWF for, for getting involved. Um, one particular member, a very valued member of the of the CWF, kind of crossed the line a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure we'll get there. Um, there. There was an image that we will not be showing on the show. <laughs> Definitely, my daughter watches this <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll do Magsy actually because Charlie is in the chat and she's little and it's a school night Charlie I will start on the couple that we've had in from WhatsApp this week first okay ah Sharon is back from the cinema she's popping up in the chat there look at her stealing Sam. Charlie's gimmick yeah. how dare she Charlie was there saying it's Monday night you know what that means she was there straight away you know filling in for you Oh, but, that's that's awesome. And I hope you enjoyed the film, um, Sharon. Mm, yes, and me, and me. We will start with Mr. Matt Willis, who sent a message into us via WhatsApp here. He says, traditionally, it would be four guests. Well, that's not what we asked, is it? I don't care about tradition. Yeah, so I fuck said you. Three. Fuck you, man. <laughs> naughty, naughty. Anyway, traditionally it would be four guests. So my four are as follows. 
Most of them are for the reason that they'd have amazing stories or jokes to tell. First off, William Regal, the stories that man could tell. That's a great show, Magsy, actually, isn't it? To be fair, mm-hmm. I didn't even I didn't even enter my mind. That's a great show. I've had the utmost respect for this man for 25 years. Would love the chance to chat over a glass of wine and a five-course meal. Second choice, Dame Judy Dench, a phenomenal actress, a phenomenal human being, and she's got a filthy mind. She was snuck in the back door of heaven, the gay nightclub in London. Yes, that joke is obvious. <laughs> uh, third choice, he says his nan. He would love to have one last meal with her to tell her how much he loves her and he misses her and introduce her to Chris. And his final pick, because of the love I have for this man and the jokes he can tell and the support he's given me, especially this past weekend and tonight due to my positive COVID test, is Lord Darren Kirkby. After I've just given him the Pimple Dick Award as well. I, yeah, I'm not taking it back. I, I'll come to that dinner party with your Pimple Dick Award, sir. <laughs> so two, but two of those guests break the rules anyway because they are not famous. So essentially, you'd have two people there. Mm. And then yeah. some hanger on us. Yeah, so even though well, we said three, Macho's four, he still only ends up with two. I still got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, Charlie, if you're still in the chat, sweetheart, I'll read yours out now. She messaged me on WhatsApp here purely because I needed her to do this rather than just tell me because I would forget and I need it in front of me written down. You know, otherwise, I, otherwise, I'm just completely lost. Charlie says here she would like Tommy in it, Wilbur Suit, and John Moxley. Now, the first two, I'm informed by my youngest, are YouTubers who make music and do gaming videos and so on and charlie watches all of their uh, all of their youtube content there and she would very much enjoy having dinner with john moxley because charlie is a massive john moxley fan good picks great great yeah. picks yeah great show charlie great show okay so we'll jump onto twitter now shall we and we'll start off on twitter with uh at millwall chris one on twitter and this came in like within seconds of us putting the tweet out. So he must have been desperate to discuss this topic and just waiting for an occasion to bring this up. He, The three people Chris would invite to his, his fantasy dinner party are Rod, Jane and Freddie from Rainbow. Because <laughs> he would want to know if Bungle really was a pervert. <laughs> yep. Um, and apparently he followed up with some extra information um, saying that um, Rod... Uh, Jane had married both Rod and Freddie at separate mm-hmm. times. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, no, I, I never knew. Yeah, well, I mean, you never know. But well, yeah. I think they'd know. I mean, they would know. But so that would be actually an interesting, um, uh, an interesting meal because you would see if there's any kind of tension between the three, whether they were happy sharing. Who knows? And you'd also <laughs> you'd also find out whether Jeffrey was. The the nonce that he looked like, Jeff. Who was Jeffrey? Oh, the the the, the, the actual human person rather than the, the puppet person. Yeah, that yeah. guy. He's um he worked in Sainsbury's, didn't he? After Rainbow, he was a taxi driver really? and he worked part time in Sainsbury's at one stage. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. You imagine that just going up and saying, oh, "Excuse me, mate, can you tell me where the baked beans yeah, are?" It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's Jeffrey. That'd be amazing. You, you can't really kind of imagine um, kids TV presenters of that that era making a lot of money though can you mm. really no. so you can understand it so yeah what a shame yeah, yeah. Sainsbury's of all places but you, oh, say, you say you say what a shame you might have loved it you might have enjoyed taxi driving and working at Sainsbury's more than dealing with a fucking pink hippo 
you know? How dare you besmirch George when Zipper <laughs> is the real issue in that group? I want to play with the bricks. Right, come on, Mammal, I see how high you can build your tower. Oh. Then Zippy can have a turn after you. No, thank you. I'll find something else to do. What's that terrible noise? Nobody likes me. Nobody wants to be my friend. Well, I don't want to be friends with any of you again. Never, ever. Zippy was an absolute bellend, wasn't he? he if you had to share a house a with him... He was a fucking menace, weren't he? I'd, I'd have to slap him, mate. I couldn't handle being a romantic idiot all day. I mean, you could just zip his mouth up. I never got why he just didn't unzip his own mouth. Because he did have mm. hands. Yeah, that's true. But he had like massive weird, like like when like Vader used to do the Vader sign, the Vader V. That's what Zippy's hands looked like, wasn't it? So yeah, is that yeah. difficult to like grab? Claws, the, like the penguin. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Zippy had hands like penguin. <laughs> so he'd have, but maybe he'd have struggled to get the zip open again. <laughs> Could have done. Yeah, maybe. Do, maybe. do you want to give us a rendition of the Rainbow theme tune? <laughs> I do not. Okay. <laughs> Swiftly moving on. Uh, uh, William Kitchen at the Appliance 180 says here, Bungle definitely slung one up George after a night on the Tia Maria. I love the way, I love the way that he, uh, <laughs> he specifies what drink they would be having as well. You know, he's put a lot of thought into this scenario. And he definitely, definitely has because uh, he's also the guy that, that posted the, the spurious image, uh, which I will do my very best to avoid yeah, we don't showing really on this that. show. We don't, um, if we're going to get cancelled for anything, first of all, it's amazing it's not happened already. Mm-hmm. Okay. But secondly, I mean, if we're going to get cancelled for anything, we want to get cancelled for our screw up, not somebody else's picture of Bungle doing something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, William, sir. William, have you no depths that you will, you will sink to? Oh, it did make me chuckle, to be fair. Morty JR, at Morty JR on 5 on Twitter. He That's says going to be further down, so I'm going to have to remove this a minute. <laughs> Scroll down, yeah. <laughs> this is just the order they've come into us, Magsy, that I've got it in. Yeah, uh, so he says, there, and this is a great shot. There we go. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Don't go back up. You're <laughs> Don't, not scroll up. Don't scroll up. Don't scroll up. Don't scroll up. Children watch this show. I mean, they shouldn't, to be fair, but we've got the little E next to us, so it's all right. Work out. <laughs> oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. Uh, Morty says, Rick Mayo. That's a great shake, that is. Yeah. Um, William Regal again, which is surprising, because like I said, it didn't enter my mind before when Matt said it, but it must have entered my mind, because I'd have read this when it came in, so. Yeah, but things enter your mind and quickly leave. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, and Ricky Grover. I don't know who that is. So Ricky Grover is like a, a comedy actor. Um, not massively famous, but he you you will have seen him in, in, in some stuff. That's your homework for the day to look up who Ricky Grover is. He plays kind of like the, uh, usually the bully boy Cockney uh, character with a beard. So uh, okay. he's quite a funny guy. Okay. Um, Morty says, yeah, those are the first names that came into his head. But come on, you want to go to that party, don't you? I was like, yeah, you do. Rick Mill is a shout. That's a great shout, yeah. That's a great shout. Uh, Dan Griffin, at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. He has a couple of options here for us. 
I have to be very, very careful now. Oh, God. I'm nervous, Mags. <laughs> Don't show that picture. So that's where... That's the last picture beforehand. Let's just remove that. Um, back up. Can, I would be grateful if you could cover Dan, then Steve-O, and Scottish Juggalo, Scottish Danny, if you can, because they're all around this area okay i'll see what i can do william can do. william kitchen what have you done to this show <laughs> it's brilliant max is struggling to sc- <laughs> uh, for people on, on listening on the audio version later in the week uh, we've got the you uh, the on on our youtube show that we're doing now live we've got the, the the twitter feed up on the screen so people can see the tweets that are coming to us and so on we had a uh a sort of quite quite dodgy image sent in during part of a conversation which quite dodgy image so we're desperately uh, trying to an image to that is illegal <laughs> in in every country in the world. <laughs> we're desperately trying to avoid showing that image on our live stream because ultimately we don't want to get cancelled. So, <laughs> so Magsy's having to jump back and forth on this. It's quite funny. Uh, Dan Griffin says, if we're talking wrestlers, Roddy Piper, Owen Hart, and Mick Foley. Imagine the stories and the laughs you'd have. That is a great Roddy Piper. That is a great shape because he could party as well, couldn't he? Let's be honest. If if I were uh, picking specifically wrestlers, they would be the three wrestlers that I think I'd pick. Uh, all mm. of them would have absolutely amazing stories. That that would be a dinner party where you wouldn't even eat food. You'd just listen to those guys yeah. just just shoot the shit and just reminisce. It'd be amazing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, from other sports, Dan says, Ricky Hatton, who's his favourite boxer ever. Freddie Flintoff, who is his favourite cricketer. And another great pick. And John Arnarisa his favourite footballer. And I questioned this. I was like, John Arnarisa is your favourite... Of all the guys who have played football, John Arnarisa is your favourite footballer. I mean, he's got to be somebody's favourite. Yeah, I guess. He actually explained that he thought he was running out of characters on Twitter and he meant favourite Liverpool player is John. But even then, shouldn't Gerrard or Fowler or Rush? Yeah. Michael Owen. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Owen's a bit of a dick, isn't he? That's only because he, he flitted between... Like the the Man United and Liverpool, which is a, a no-no. He scored the winner at Old Trafford in that derby game, so he's always got a special place for me just from that one moment there. That was that but, was a fantastic. Day. But he has got the charisma of cardboard. He has indeed. He has. Uh, Dan does actually continue saying his top three footballers are Risa, Maldini, and Roberto Carlos, all left-footed defenders like he used to be. Yeah, okay. I mean, Maldini, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, definitely. Yes, John Arnarisa's mother doesn't even like John Arnarisa, says Matt Willis in the chat. <laughs> this is this this is odd, because we're not going to have people arguing in the chat about a Norwegian footballer who retired 15 years ago. It's like completely irrelevant to anything else. <laughs> but, but for chain wrestling, is that odd? Or is that just the norm? Yeah, I suppose, mate, I suppose. <laughs> uh, Millwall Chris here saying oh, he would fuck. like to go... Well, I would literally give you strict instructions that you were to go to... Well, I'll uh, just read Scott. out and we'll go through quick. It's all right. Don't right, worry. So, right. He says, I'm going... Get, let me get rid of that first. <laughs> going to find Millwall Chris. He says, I'm right. going... Bang Bang Podcast and me and you, Mags, which is nice. Okay, I haven't got that one. Millwall Chris, he picked... Brett, Sean and Vince, he said. Ah, oh, that was at the end. Yeah, he's had a couple, mate. He's had a couple. All right, yeah. so I've got to find his other one. So yeah, he had Rob Jane and Freddie. He had Brett, <laughs> Sean and Vince. <laughs> and now I've got to find his third one. It would be right at the fucking bottom, wouldn't it? Oh, it's not even there. Anyway, go on. I'm not putting this up because I'm sick of seeing that image flash before <laughs> my eyes. <laughs> it's horrific. Uh, we'll Scottish avoid it now. Money. No more 
going to live Twitter for this one. You've ruined it, William, with your horrific illegal image of Bungle. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Scottish Danny here. He, well, actually, I've got William Kitchen's one himself here. Where is that one going? Let me just have a quick... Okay, we'll go Scottish Danny first. He says here, Lemmy, because he's God. That's a great shout. Mm-hmm. Lemmy would be on mine, I think. Uh, Rick Mayo, because he's also God. Another shout for Rick Mayo there, look. You know, that's uh, that's good. Uh, Chain Wrestling, Hall of Lamer, The Zodiac. <laughs> so the previous two choices can rip him apart with insults all night. That could be quite amusing, to be fair. Mm-hmm. That could be very amusing. Uh, Dan also sends in, Dan Griffin here also sends in, if he had to pick a top three overall, he would be going Rick Mail again. Another shout out for Rick Mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin yep. Williams and Stan Lee. Without the latter two's work, my childhood would have been shit. And Rick Mail is just a, just a legend, Dan says. And that's, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah that's quite a great pick. Yeah. Really good, really good. Uh, William Kitchen at the Appliance 180 he says he would take CM Punk George Carlin and Hugh Edwards but only after they share a big bag of skunk I mean (laughs) Punk I understand George Carlin definitely understand Hugh Edwards the news reporter the Welsh news reporter I mean it's a shout I suppose Mm, yeah And, and the bag of skunk would make things interesting it would it would be quite a quite curious conversation, I imagine. Uh, Craig William at Craig Pro Wrestling Musings on Twitter. He Craig, has a couple of options for us here. Wrestlers, he would love to sit down with Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, and he's got Page written here, so I'm assuming that's Hangman Page. I, I would assume so. Yep. Yeah. And famous people, he says Russell Brand, Matt Haig, and Kristen Bell. Now, Russell Brand is the guy with the big hair comedian. He's not actually yeah. that. Yeah, I, I can't stand that guy. Um, Mr. Mr. Paul Tully, one of my uh, uh, podcast uh, partners, he adores Russell Brand. Um, really? His comedy not, is not for me. I, 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 I kind of don't get the irreverence. But I do like the way he's changed his life around. He was uh, very much a... A dick bag. I think he won the Shagger of the Year award about three or four times in a row. Uh, but now he he does do a hell of a lot for like um, making the world a better place, like for mm. for um, environmental and, and social causes. So I've got to give him his props for that. But in terms of comedy, not not my bag. No, no. Uh, Matt Haig. I'm not sure who that is. I have no idea, but Google. It's about H A I G. I mean, I'm aware. I've still got the Twitter feed open. All right. Bloody hell. So, I'm trying to help. So Matt Haig is an <laughs> author. He, he okay. wrote, he wrote uh, books. Um, I'll see Mags, yeah. Oh, dear, dear, dear. <laughs> the Midnight Library, uh, Reasons to Stay Alive, How to Stop Time. Um, yeah, I don't... Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that'd be quite interesting. Sounds like an interesting guy, though. Yeah. Uh, Craig also continues... Really, though, he's, his choices would be his wife and his daughter because my why would you choose famous strangers over loved ones? Totally kills the game, but still. Yeah, it does kind of makes us all look, uh, all the rest of us, look like dickheads for not saying that, doesn't it? So thanks uh, for that, Craig. fair, though, Craig, <laughs> the, the rule was three, and you broke that with just saying one and two, and you would know the stories of your wife and your daughter because you're kind of there. This mm. is about maybe kind of finding out stuff that you didn't know. So thanks for playing along with the first two uh, and disqualified for the third one. 
There we go. There we go. No, but it's a great bit. I, I mean, we do look like assholes for not including our families. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, but at the same time, I love my wife. I love my kids, but I eat with them pretty much every day. I the chance to sit down with Jenna Coleman from Doctor Who. You know, I'm not gonna pass that up, am I? But I mean, of all the Doctor Who characters, Jenna Coleman. Yeah, I reckon she's gorgeous, mate. I mean, that's that's fine, but how does that bring conversation and debate to the table? I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> just, want to, <laughs> just want to look at her. <laughs> uh, good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast, at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter, sent us a DM here. He says, his trio would be Matt Willis, CM Punk, and Cody Rhodes. I'd have a blast, but would love to see him squirm as I recount all the shit he has said about them on Good Cop, Bad Cop. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite funny that would be quite funny uh, Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter he says he'd love to get Bischoff Cornet and Russo around the what table just for the absolute shout. fireworks oh that would be superb wouldn't it that's a it just great the, shout it would just be a fight it would just turn into a massive scrap I don't I don't even think it would because I don't think any of them are really particularly fighters uh, and they're all really good at Debating, I think it would end up being a really good debate. Mm, okay, and Bischoff obviously, is, you know, does martial arts and that, doesn't he? He says he does. Did you ever see him do any? He threatened to to have a boxing fight with Vince McMahon one time. That never happened. So he might be full of shit. Yeah, maybe we're calling you out, Bischoff. Okay, well, Maxie's <laughs> calling you out. Maxie says you're full of shit and you've never done any martial arts. Okay, so there we go. Uh, Rob continues, but for a lovely chat. Huddersfield Town legend Andy Booth, plus a couple of celebrity Town fans, Sir Patrick Stewart and Jodie Whittaker. So obviously that's a Doctor Who, and Sir Patrick Stewart was Captain Picard, wasn't he, from um, uh, Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Great, great yeah. That'd be quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be quite interesting. Uh, we have Ja, J-A, at 80s and 90s Wrestling on Twitter. He says, Bobby Heenan, Finchie from The Office, as Finchie from The Office, and Jet from Gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> what a cracking night it would be. What are we talking though? Jet from Gladiators then or Jet from Gladiators now? I don't think there's much of a difference um, Is there not? From, pi- from pictures that I've seen of her, uh, not relatively recently, but a few years ago, um, she still is a, a stunner. So, mm, Okay. You'd want to wear in the Jet from Gladiators gear though, wouldn't you? So you'd have to go for dinner somewhere with quite a loose dress code. <laughs> I mean, if she rocks up in the Jet, Gladiator gear, who turns her away? Whether it's a black mm. tie affair or not, who turns her away? You could just put she a just, tie on with the with the gladiator gear. She'd just kick the shit out of him anyway, because she was she was properly hard. Yeah, yeah, fair point. And she used to do that thing where she'd stand there and play guitar on her leg, wouldn't she? Do you remember? That was quite cool. Yeah. Or you'd take Shadow with her, and he would just beat the living shit out of her who said she couldn't go in, and then... Mm-hmm. Didn't like he end up in loads of trouble with the police, didn't he, Shadow? I, I believe so. I believe so, yeah. Was he not a, a drug dealer or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, steroids and things, I think, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I might, I might be completely wrong. Hopefully, no. If Shadow, if you're listening, let us know what you got in trouble for, mate. Okay, we're, <laughs> we're intrigued. You know? <laughs> you know, that'd be... That'd be you'd give, give your side of the story. Uh, maybe maybe you're completely innocent like Nails. Who knows? 
Um, <laughs> Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter. He says here, well, first of all, he says he was wondering if there was a non-wrestling topic this week. He literally had to search us up on Twitter to find out, which is weird because he, I put the same tweets out every week, so he would have been tagged. I don't know what's happened there, Steve. Oh, apologies, <laughs> my friend. So what becomes of you, my love? Uh, he says here, he would immediately say Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant, but that's kind of where it stops for him. Honestly, there's no one other than these two that I've, that I've had such an impact on who I am today as a personality or who I genuinely love to talk to because of the shows they created and the radio show XFM they did for three years. If pushed for a third, maybe Stone Cold or The Rock, but honestly, every time I hear this sort of question asked, I answer with those two and I then struggle to fill another, which is which is great. He's that passionate about it. I understand, you know, Ricky Gervais... He, he kind of splits opinions, doesn't he? I like I like him. I think he's funny. I love The Office. I love both versions, the UK and the US. Um, but I know that some people can't stand the guy, so... I, I think he's one of the most talented people that the UK has ever produced. Mm. Um, in terms of uh, the content that he he makes, outstanding. And also his, his thought processes. Whilst I don't always agree with the, the things that he says... I understand how uh, he gets to the points that he's making. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's uh, I think he's a star. Mm, yeah, and Steve-O did eventually tweet in again saying, "I've got a third." <laughs> About an hour later, <laughs> <laughs> after saying he really struggles, etc., he finally messaged in and said, "I've got a third in capital letters." Uh, James Buckley, who played Jay from The Inbetweeners, he's a very humble guy. Every time I've heard him on a podcast, always really open and honest about celebrity lifestyle, what it's really like being an actor. And he's a huge Gervais Merchant fan as well. So, yeah, that'd be quite cool, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great picks. Yeah. Very different picks. I don't, how Jay would fit in with the the office guys uh, be interesting. But mm. um, I like the way he kind of... Um, he talks about uh, James being like so humble and and that he was a huge fan as well. So it'd be almost like him and Steve or fanboy of uh, yeah. and Steve <laughs> Merchant. <That's> so. <laughs> uh, and finally, from Twitter, Millwall Chris here, who I meant, you mag- mentioned it earlier on, Magsy. He would like to sit down with Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Vince McMahon, so I could really find out who screwed who. And the correct answer is Brett screwed Brett, he's put here. And yes, that is the correct answer. You do business on the way out, Brett screwed Brett. We did a whole show proving that it was Brett. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was definitely Brett. Um, so Matt's uh, done some confirmation. First of all, he accused me of lowering the tone because of the shadow thing. And then says, this is what he was uh, he was involved in, steroid abuse scandal that soon lose his job. He was outed by the press after taking drugs in a, a London nightclub. So, yep, we... we uh, Pretty much got it. Also in the chat, Sharon has, has said, Jared Leto, shock. I'm surprised he didn't just say him three times. <laughs> just him yeah, turning up. Each, Jared Leto, the singer. Jared Leto, the actor. Jared Leto. <laughs> uh, then Jason Momoa and, and Adam Cole. Great picks. Okay, no Roman Reigns on there. Hmm, interesting. Mm. Or Hanground Page. Hmm. And Matt has said he's looked up the image that we were avoiding. And said, my eyes, my eyes. And Dana <laughs> confirms it's a bad one. If Dan thinks something is bad, <laughs> yeah. it tends to be 
tends to be horrific. Well, Matt says there's more shadow news on the way, so we'll keep you uh, keep you informed with that. We'll keep you updated with the shadow news, breaking shadow news from 1995 or whatever. Um, <laughs> Magsy, what about yourself? What would you be thinking? Yeah, I think in terms of wrestling, there's uh, been a couple that have really nailed it. The Brett, Sean and Vince one, that would be... Yeah. Uh, fascinating to be a, a fly on the, on the wall that uh the cornet uh bischoff uh and uh and russo one um just to hear the arguments and and the different viewpoints of of what went down in that era of wrestling that would be would be a hell of a lot of fun um in terms of like other celebrities how do you go wrong with rick mail um yeah if if i was to change it up i'd maybe switch to ed edmondson uh, is his kind of partner because with Rick maybe you would get um, a more glamorized version of the, the stories and with Aid being like side by side with him for the best part of thirty years, maybe you would get more more chance of getting the truth. Okay. Not not saying that Rick Mel would lie, but it would just it would just be more. Um, I think glamorized and more. It, it would sound more kind of um, entertaining, I suppose. Where we've okay. heard, he, he feels like he he's more uh, matter of fact. So yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, next, I would have uh, a comedian called Miles Jupp. Um, he's usually on um, game shows like uh, Have I Got no News for You, um, things like that. But yeah. he's just one of the most deadpan kind of sarcastic comedians he just every time he's on a show he just absolutely cracks me up so uh, he was in that kids program as well wasn't he yeah was, Bal- right was it balamore that's it he was the yeah. he was the guy in the the pink sweater who lived at the castle mm-hmm. yeah um he's just he's just the the kind of comedy that that really um entertains me that that witty kind of sarcastic off the cuff style comedy so um and i think you need at a dinner party some kind of light-hearted uh entertainment and then the next one and um nobody's mentioned this at all i think i'd, I'd invite the queen okay and, and the reason is because i just find it fascinating to hear her lifestyle i mean she is obviously the 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 head of the royal family and i would just love to know how they kind of work as a as a as a uh as a society almost kind of we we as as the common people uh often living hand to mouth and uh and paycheck to paycheck and she's got all this kind of um servants and 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 the very finest things in life i'd just love to hear um if there's any kind of a common ground between us the lowly scum of, of britain and and the high polite plus yeah, but you're a lord i had to buy my own lordship it's not like it was handed <laughs> to me um and plus i think she's had a rough time over the last few years and it'd be cool just to just to like give her take her right nasty, yeah nasty to think about <laughs> You had it rough, Liz. I'll tell you what, let's pop down spoons, have a couple of jars, and see how you get on, eh? Pants are mild. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's who I'd go with, yeah. Ah, okay. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Before uh, we get to yours, 
Uh, some shadow news. He was jailed for six years in 2021 for the kidnapping, beating and false imprisonment of Aaron Alley, who I have no clue who he is. So let's no, have, I don't know who Aaron Alley is. Let's have a look who Aaron Ari, Alley is. Oh, shadow, you naughty little gladiator, are you? What a scamp. Oh, he's just a an, 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 a commoner. He actually sent... He's a video. commoner, did you just say? <laughs> yeah, like a normal bloke. Sorry. Apologies, Aaron. Uh, he's a commoner. <laughs> apparently, uh, Shadow sent him the sent the video of him being beat up and begging for mercy to his wife, and he battered him with a wooden furniture leg. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like a bit of a piece of shit, then. Yeah, and he was 60 years old at the time when he did it. Who, Shadow? Shadow, yeah. Why? Okay. And it was all to extort a thousand uh, pounds out of uh, out of his wife, just oh, for a grand. How low have can you stoop? I suppose. Oh dear! Oh dear me! What a what a state Shadow must be in. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, never mind. If any more Shadow news pops up in the coming weeks, don't worry. Here on Chain Link, we will keep you fully informed. And, and Benner, if you're around, do us a, a Shadow News jingle. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I mean, the, the obvious one for me would be Lemmy from, from Motorhead. I'd love to sit down and just chat with that guy. You know, just the story. You read his book for a start, and there's so many great stories in there. To actually just sit down and chat with a guy, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, Blackie Lawless from Wasp is another one, because you don't really hear the guy speak ever. He's done, okay. especially nowadays, back in the 80s, he did a, more interviews, of course, but he did a podcast with um, a, a, a prominent heavy metal rock DJ in America in the last few months, and it was a massive deal to, to fans of Wasp, such as myself, because you don't hear the guy speak hardly ever. He hardly ever does interviews or so on. So that would be quite interesting from that standpoint. Uh, Jenna Coleman, obviously, I've mentioned, yep. just to... Try and the eye candy. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably end up with some to kind of a try. How old are you to try and <laughs> woo her? Well, what would you like me to say? <laughs> what? Jenna Coleman, so I can try and slip her one? Naughty, naughty. Is, was that better? What would you want me to say? So so you could bungle her after some <laughs> Tia Maria. <laughs> bungle her after a Tia Maria. <laughs> oh, dear. Miss Coleman, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> you could also be quite clever and sneaky with this sort of stuff as well, though, couldn't you? Because... You could invite something like Jack the Ripper, because then you'd know who it was. I mean, and also you'd find you could find out why he did it. Mm-hmm. Zodiac as well, Zodiac, not the wrestler, the Zodiac killer. Does I mean, pe- people like Peter Sutcliffe, Harold Chipman, get de- like delve into that mind of a of why these people did some of the most horrific things known to man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking more from the standpoint of if you invited Jack the Ripper. He would you could get all the glory. And, and you'd know, and, yeah, you'd know who he was then. Self-serving. Self-serving. How is that self-serving? It's not like I'm going to keep I've caught secret. him. I've caught him. He's here. This is it. I've got him. I've got him. <laughs> I've caught him 140 years later by inviting him to a dinner party. Yeah, that's going to work. Me and Jenna Coleman are exposed. <laughs> Jack the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me, dear me. Uh Magsy, before we get on to a bit of wrestling, shall we have a look in the chat and see if there's anything we need to catch up on before we move on? Yes, sir. Um so um Sharon confirms she almost nearly picked um Jared Leto three times. Um there we go. Um 
more shadow news. Shadow was caught uh, in possession of an elderly man's bus pass, which he tried to use, despite being only 43 at the time, and he was arrested for possession of stolen property. Um, Amazing. We've, we've covered him being now locked up for, for six years. Dan, with a great story about the Queen, is that she's done advanced driving uh, course and used to fuck with the guards by going out for drives and power sliding the car as close to the guards as humanly possible. <laughs> and can you imagine if she hit a guard? I mean, she wouldn't get done for it, surely. No. That's like royal banter, isn't it? That's, that's Queenie bants, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um... Uh, Matt said, as I said, you won't get conversation from Shadow, you'll just get a restraining order. Uh, and then Dan said, we are preparing for the Morton Fitch uh, uh, presents the serial killer or vision, uh, which is a good leading to go and checking out Morton Fitch's uh, podcast because we were part of Biscuit or Vision and that was uh, so much fun. Uh, heated. Uh, I got called a knob multiple times because of my love of a of a pink wafer. But uh, yeah, it was a, a fun podcast. I don't want a pink wafer, mate. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean that kind of negates the my pick of of a pink wafer. But there we go. All right then. <laughs> Shall we talk a little wrestling, there, Mags? I am off it with these with these intros. But yes, we shall. Uh, let's get ready. So then, so then, winning the poll this week was, well, it was always going to be a Bret Hart match because both options were Bret Hart matches. But on this occasion, we are going to Survivor Series 1995 and we're watching Bret Hart versus Kevin Nash in a no DQ match for the WWF World Championship. Maxi, what did you think? Yeah, um, initial thoughts were it was incredibly slow paced. Um, Oh, yeah. Which, from a big guy like Diesel, you, if you didn't know him as a wrestler, you kind of expect. But uh, knowing how he wrestled, it was still quite um, weird to see him fight such a slow pace. Uh, but for me, it kind of shows um, the diversity of, of Bret Hart, that he can work so many different styles. Um, in terms of the match, I thought it was, it was really, really, really good. Uh, very mm-hmm. old school, uh, very kind of of its time uh in terms of of action but uh yeah i, I can't say i didn't enjoy it yeah I, i'm i'm kind of thinking the same it to me it was quite a like you said old school but quite quite a you know simple story in a way mm-hmm. the interviews beforehand uh, and some of the commentary discussing the match before it started was very much saying that diesel's the big guy lots of power and diesel himself even said i don't get paid by the hour so he wants to go in smash Bret Hart up and leave. Bret Hart is saying that he's smaller, he's potentially a bit quicker, and he can out-wrestle. He might not be able to match Diesel for power, but he can out-wrestle Diesel. And if we go 20 minutes plus, it's got to favour Bret because of the stamina mm-hmm. side of things and so yeah. on. So it's as simple as that is, to yeah, me, that's very... Life. Yeah, very, yeah, totally. Life, yeah. It's it's very, very believable as well. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, based in reality, I guess, because that is what would, would happen. Yeah, and and this is um, coming with Diesel being almost a year as champion, mm. which uh, I think was actually the longest reign of anybody in in the nineties. Which is yeah, well, sure. 
absolutely phenomenal. I think if he, if he'd have returned, it would have only been a week away from being uh, being a, a full year. Um, so yeah, the the stakes in this were were really hard. Uh, Diesel was was obviously one of Vince's boys he absolutely adored him but it was a period of wrestling where um they were not drawing well and no. diesel has gone down in in history as one of the the lowest drawing um wf champions um but this was the period of where bret hart was was at his peak i think as as uh as a wf superstar this would have been, i think he was his third reign when he won this match uh so it was really kind of a flourishing i suppose as the as the guy at the top of the tree yeah yeah definitely I and mean, with regards to it being a sort of downtime in the business and diesel having this tag of being the, the the lowest drawing uh champion and so on i think that can be a little bit harsh because it's not just obviously if you've got you know if you've got a top guy who everyone wants to see you're going to draw more money of course you are but the business as a whole, it wasn't just WWF with Diesel on top that was suffering. The business as a whole was suffering. WCW was in the toilet. Uh, you know, the, in- the indies were just falling apart. There wasn't any big, successful, independent companies in 1995. Yeah. You know, it was, it was the whole business was an absolute state. It was, on the, it was on the sort of the downturn from that initial 80s peak, I think. Yeah, and, and we've always... Um we've always said that wrestling is is very cyclical and yes. this was unfortunately for, for diesel it was a period of of, of downtime uh, and to put it in in uh in kind of a little bit of context Shawn Michaels who is uh widely regarded as one of the best to ever ever do it in the ring a lot of his runs as champion were also not not big draws financially yeah. so if uh, somebody of his caliber um is down there with uh with the lowest uh drawing uh champions i think it shows it's not always the the fault of the the champion um that, that the company is not pulling in in the big books it's a team effort mm. it, but it does kind of you hear a lot of a lot don't you about the the person who is in theory the guy Mm-hmm. that they feel that pressure literally on their shoulders. Yeah. You, know, you hear Bret Hart himself has said in his first title reign, he felt that pressure of being the, the top guy and the numbers going down. Savage mm-hmm. apparently felt that pressure. Michaels you know, says that his addiction issues were contributed to because of the pressure he felt being the guy. Yeah. And even though, even though it was a case of, you know, it's not just down to you, he felt, you know, again in his book, he he states quite openly. He felt the pressure of being the top guy, and then and he felt he was letting everyone else down by not drawing money into the company and so on. So it's, it does seem to be a, a theme that runs a, along, doesn't it? Yeah, it must be a massive weight on your shoulders when, uh, f- when you first hear that you're going to be the champion, when you first win the title, there's 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 got to be that jubilation, that validation that mm. that you are being um you're being honored for your your uh work in the business but when that kind of subsides and you've got the pressure of of being the face of the company of being um the the wrestler that does the promos that the, the wrestler who the pay-per-views are based around yeah i can see that being kind of make or break for a lot of people uh some people will thrive thrive under that that pressure guys like the rock uh guys like austin really kind of stepped it up but I, on the other side if you're uh, if you have a personality like Shawn michaels where it was very um 
addictive to to stuff that can drive you to to um to to the vices it can make mm. you kind of lean on those demons so i i understand that that massive pressure of of wanting to be somebody who everybody looks up to as a leader of the company and that kind of falling away and you you essentially carrying the can for the company not doing well yeah yeah definitely and i, I sort of i wonder if these sort of periods as well are what's made it made the wwe very much in its current mold because if you look at the sort of, I suppose, the ups and downs of the business from the 80s onwards, you had Hogan, who was the guy, wasn't he? He was the draw. And then when Hogan kind of steps away, retires, moves on to WCW, whatever, the bubble of Hulkamania, so to speak, has been burst. <laughs> that one guy means that the numbers drop. Mm-hmm. You then had the Attitude Era coming along. Now, of course, you've got guys like Randy Savage and, and all the other players involved, but they looked at Hogan as the figurehead of that era. He, everything was around Hogan. The Attitude Era came along. And again, you had other players involved, The Undertaker, The Rock, and so on, all draws in their own right. But Austin was very much the figurehead, especially for the first couple of years, you know, 98 and, and so on, when the numbers were going up and up and up. Same same with Goldberg and WCW and so on. He was very much the figurehead of that time. Now, they've not. they're not in a position where... They have that kind of one or two people that if they walk away, the business will drop. It's literally mm-hmm. the brand now. So I wonder if this time is very much reflective of of why they are as they are now, so to speak. Yeah, I think you make an absolute lot of sense. And I, I remember, um, I, I don't think it was a particular interview with uh, with um, anyone involved in the WWE, but it was certainly that speculation that. Um, when The Rock started to become Hollywood and started to be uh, demanded everywhere um, and Vince felt he was losing one of his biggest stars, that was the kind of like the, maybe the straw that brought the, the camels back. And you mentioned it with mm. Hogan. That happened. Hogan became bigger than the WWE, uh, the WWF at the time, uh, and then went on to Passage New and, and the company um, kind of felt the, the backlash from that. The guys who they tried to put in his place, like the Ultimate Warrior, um, Savage, kind of didn't live up to that uh, that Hogan mould. They got the upturn with the Attitude Era, and then that started to tail off. Got it back with Cena. Cena went Hollywood. That started to tail off. And I think that kind of solidified Vince's mindset that, that no wrestler should be bigger than the company. Mm-hmm. Because if you're having to rely on one big star to be um, for the company's profits, it, if that star gets injured or leaves, it, um, it, it, it it's detrimental to the company. So yeah. for, for Vince and for the WWF, it, the stars need to be interchangeable now. They need to. It doesn't matter who the champion is. It's the company that is is the the banner holder, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, spot on, mate, spot on. <laughs> and Dan has made a great comment in, in in the chat. Mag saying, Sam makes a lot of sense. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> a, a, a stopped watch is right twice a day. Uh, all right, thank you, everyone. Yeah, you know, let's move on. <laughs> Diesel here comes like, uh, you know, it's another great entrance theme, isn't it? It fits the character so well. Yeah. Diesel, when he comes out here, he just looks so cool. The, the very 90s ring gear, the hair, the beard, and, you know, 
just the way he sort of saunders down to the ring, dragging the belt alongside him, just looks cool. It's the swagger. I mean, mm. we talked about him uh, with uh, Scott Hall. Um, these two may be the coolest motherfuckers that's ever wrestled. Just, just the absolute swagger. The they did. It's almost like he didn't even give a shit about the wrestling business. I mean, yeah. obviously he did because he, he made a hell of a lot of money. Uh, but it was just that nonchalant. I'm cool. You're not swagger. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And he still think, carries it now. He's still I one of the coolest guys on, Max, To be fair. I think you're spot on when you say it's like he didn't give a shit about the wrestling business. I think with Kevin Nash, you're not far off. He gave a shit about the money. Yeah. <laughs> but in the wrestling business itself, I don't think he was it, that it was a, a means to an end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, the match starts incredibly slow with Diesel on the offensive. Um, well, but, but before we even get to that, though, uh, before we even get to the actual action, uh, a very, for, for me, a very interesting start to the match where uh, Diesel takes off a turnbuckle. Oh, yeah, and Brett copies, doesn't he? Doesn't and it? kind of goads Brett to, to do it. And Diesel very easily, like, <laughs> undone and thrown. Brett struggles to undo a turnbuckle. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 for me, that I felt it was different. I mean, you do usually get turnbuckle spots, don't get me wrong, but it's normally in the middle of a match to kind of gain an advantage. This was like setting the bar straight away um i thought that was a a really cool way of, of starting the match yeah yeah quite unique yeah you're right you're right but as we said like it's diesel then is when diesel's on the offense he is very slow methodical and so on mm-hmm. Brett kind of tries to quicken the pace a few times but to me watching this back i was really impressed with how brett was just sort of bumping around for diesel as well i mean i look back at wrestlemania 11 and i see how Shawn michaels used to throw himself around for Diesel and just bump all over the place. It's almost like Brett has kind of got that similar mindset himself here, and he makes Diesel's offense look fantastic. Now, I I would say that Brett's is is better for me because it's more believable. I think Sean had a tendency sometimes to over-egg the pudding when it came to selling. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've we've spoke about the the Hogan match, but even when he's he's facing these uh, bigger guys, he does oversell. Brett is so good at at riding that line of making it look believable. Um, So I I would give prop to Brett's more than I would for for Sean on on, on that case, Mm. anyway. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, We get the standard... Bret Hart working on the leg because obviously he's building towards the sharpshooter but in this instance mm-hmm. it makes even more sense because you're facing a guy who's bigger than you take him out of the knees yeah. you know and as, as the cliche always is everyone's the same size when they're down on the mat mags aren't they yeah exactly and and this is where we're getting uh, another really unique spot um, the with the with the XLR cable the, the microphone cable um, where uh, essentially Brett hamstrings diesel's leg to the to the to the to the corner post with the with mm-hmm. the, the cable very very unique very very intelligent uh they made it it feel like a a a, a well done movie i mean watching it it doesn't make a lick of sense because it's no. a, it's a, a cable <laughs> he, he tucks it in uh uh and and does a very loose knot but they they make this really work uh and then and jim on commentary talking about how uh the the kind of snap of the cable really jerks uh diesel's leg they really kind of build it up as as if this is 
this is very, very clever by Brett Hart. And, and in reality, it was. It was uh, something that I've never seen before, um, being kind of like tied at the ankle. And, and they really made, made it work and got quite a few kind of good little spots out of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we get Brett bringing the chair in as well, don't we, whilst Diesel's kind of tangled up, tied up, or however you want to word it. Diesel frantically sort of fights Brett away whilst he's kind of, you know, tied up with this cable. Eventually, Brett does get the better of him, and he just beats the piss out of him with his chair, doesn't he? He really goes to time on him with this chair. It's quite vicious. And and this is, I think this just shows how versatile Brett Hart was. I mean, technical wrestler, absolutely amazing. Yeah. He could fight big men, monster men, uh, high flyers, and get an, a, a classic out of him. But this match, he was down and dirty. He yeah. he he literally bit Diesel at one point to avoid to get out the powerbomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he showed that that this title meant everything to him. That he would fight tooth and nail uh, for this title. And like he said, he beats the living piss out of Diesel with the chair because you've got the big guy down. Keep him down. It absolutely makes all the sense of the world, and mm. it just—it's just a good point to how intelligent of a wrestler that that Bret Hart actually was. Yeah, we get a little throwback as well from Diesel to his uh, Vinnie Vegas days, where he goes for uh, his old Snake Eyes finisher on the exposed turnbuckle. Bret mm. manages to counter this though and sends Diesel into the buckle himself. Bret then just works on Diesel some more. He, he hits a sort of quite a unique looking middle rope bulldog um he hits some staples i suppose from the bret hart repertoire i guess like the the, the side russian leg sweep and, and mm-hmm. those brilliant punches with that snap that bret hart has and so on and eventually diesel gets knocked outside and bret does this crazy over the top rope kind of dive thing that I, almost like a slingshot yeah i was like whoa okay where's that come from <laughs> yeah it was i mean for for Bret Hart in the mid mid nineties, this that was incredibly unique. Yeah, you just don't see him doing stuff like that. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a really cool spot. I mean, with regards as well to sort of a little you know, deviation away, I suppose. With regards to the the side Russian leg sweep move, I love that move. It's great, especially when Bret does it because everything Bret does, I think, has this air of believability to it. Yeah, but it's called a side Russian leg sweep. Is there any other form of Russian leg sweep? A back one? Is there? Yeah, that's the thing. So, so. so surely it would just be called Russian leg sweep. Why do we have to stipulate side Russian leg sweep? There's no other type. I I didn't name the moose, unfortunately. I know you didn't. I'm just asking a question. This we're 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 doing a live podcast, Maxie. It's just a conversation. We're supposed to be going back and forth. You know. (laughs) I mean, I mean, why why do moves get called the Mm. the names that that they are? I mean, yeah. I, I understand it. They're, I mean, look it up. There may be a front yeah. Russian leg sweep. I'm going to actually look for that now. Okay, okay. Front you do that, Matthew. Russian leg sweep. It's just how my mind works, you know? No, there's not. It's just a... Oh, there's a three-quarter face lock Russian leg sweep. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, who invented it? It was apparently... Um, um, Brad Armstrong and Bret Hart, who popularised the, the, the Russian... Yeah, Brad um, Armstrong, yeah, used it a lot in WCW. Yep, uh, according to people on Reddit, there there is uh, a few different variations, but they all kind of look uh, look at the same, uh, attacking from the side. There's mm. one called the White Russian Leg Sweep, where you use a kendo stick uh, to, to 
take yeah. the product down. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know why my mind works in these funny little ways, but I sort of see that side rush and next So why is it called the side then? Is there another, you know... You know, and again, it's been around for years, and it's always been referred to as a side Russian leg sweep, pretty much everywhere. You know. Yeah, and and Matt kind of confirms it's actually just called the Russian leg sweep, and it was actually um, dubbed a sad one by WWE. Mm, WWE. I'm not sure about that. I'm not so sure about that because I can remember it getting called a side Russian leg sweep way back when in 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 the the old Jim Crockett promotion days. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's on an old Clash of Champions event and so on. You know, before Brett really broke out as a single star and used it himself i suppose it just seems to always to me in my mind anyway i just seems to always being called that but anyway we we, we digress as we often do <laughs> um we get the bret hart limp then magsy don't we after he's dived over the top the standard bret hart limp he, he hobbles around for a little bit which he often does and and then we get what at the time was a monumental spot uh, something that we mm. see now weekly, um, but this was shocking for for ninety nine five when uh, Diesel essentially um, pushes Brett off the apron and he flies through the the Spanish announce table. Um, yeah, that was massive at the time. Something that that never really happened in in WWF, um, and the crowd are blown away by it. Yeah, oh, the crowd's reaction are fantastic because they almost want to sort of scream and shout and react but at the same time you can almost hear, almost hear them sort of all, all having a big <gasps> intake of breath yeah like that yeah, yeah spot on it's yeah. like it's a real mixed kind of either way it's it's, a, it's it, they're in awe of what they've just seen mm-hmm. but it's almost like they're stunned and and so on as well and the table he goes through he hits it at a funny angle and it's still got all the monitors and so on as well it did not look like a comfy table spot to me, Max. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of uh, reminiscent of one of... It's not like a standard table that we get now for the announcers where you, you can tell that it's MDF and it's held mm. together with, with uh, cable tires, so it crashes pretty easily. This was a standard, almost like pasting table uh, that, that they dragged from under the un, under the ring. The monitors are the old-fashioned kind of uh, CRT monitors that that look absolutely brutal. It's covered by a a little bit of a curtain, and Brett takes it hit first. He he doesn't go through it flat back. He doesn't go through it with his shoulder. It's essentially hit first, and how he, he, he perfectly pinpoints his landing position to avoid the monitors, because if he would have landed on one of those monitors hit first, that's... That's a career-ending injury right there. But, yeah, it just looks a brutal, brutal spot. Yeah, exactly. It's not a comfortable landing. And and there's so much stuff on the table that sort of just tips towards him as well. So he's not, he kind of has water, the end. Yeah, there's water bottles, the monitors fall all yeah, over Yeah, he gets like, all piled on him. Like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I mean, from there, Diesel's, Diesel thinks, you know, he, he smells blood, I guess. Diesel's thinking, I've got this one now. Brett's, Brett's limp. Brett's like just, you know, he can barely stand up and, and so on. Diesel tries to hit his jackknife powerbomb, but Brett just falls to the floor because he can't stand up. Diesel tries again to hit the, the jackknife powerbomb and Brett rolls him up in a small package. And what I find really interesting for, for that, I mean, that, that's supposed to be the finish. He rolls him up out of the blue in this small package. One, two, three, Diesel kicks out at about, you know, 3.25 or whatever. What I find really interesting was the crowd popped before the ref had even counted one the crowd popped for the small package mm-hmm. they popped for the roll-up so they must be thinking you know 
this is it, even before the referee started counting. Yeah, and and I think as again, it, it speaks of Brett's desperation to win a title. I mean, he didn't use his finisher, didn't mm. get to end the match with the, with the sharpshooter. This was desperation tactics, and it's uh, the the collapsing um, brilliant, brilliant spot, something that we've revisited time and time again, uh, notably in the Okada and Omega feud, uh, where it just worked perfectly. This was superb. How uh, Brett was just beat down so much that that he couldn't even take the move. He couldn't stand yeah. up. But it was all a wily ploy to to trick Diesel into into the small package. Great finish, unexpected for me, uh, even knowing the the kind of result. Because you tend to expect finishing moves. With this, you didn't get that. You got uh, a desperation um, um, small package and a, a and a win. And then it leads to Diesel being pissed off uh, again. Something that you you do get heel. Um, uh, attacking the faces but you normally the the champion gets a chance to to soak in the glory the Mm -hmm. the chance to to celebrate not in this he gets absolutely the it gets the piss beat out of him for it yeah it's really good yeah it's a really good spot yeah with regards to the 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 sort of not seeing a finisher and and the roll-up for the win and so on i don't think we see enough of that i think Mm -hmm. i think we've been i'm a big i'm a big believer in that this is supposed to be a sporting contest and yes. Okay. We want to see them entertain us with their incredible uh, athletic abilities and so on. But at the, at the, you strip it back to the basics. It's, it's a, supposed to be an, an, a sporting contest. We are watching, we, we suspend our, our, you know, our disbelief to get in, indulged and, and believe what we're seeing. There should be more pin attempts in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you go back to Savage versus Steamboat WrestleMania three, you watch that they try and pin each other again and again and again after every move because they're trying to win the match, not put on this choreographed dance routine. They're trying to win the match. So uh, not seeing, uh, I've got to finish the match with my my triple somersault splash or I've got to finish the match with this planchard or whatever. No, to me, titles and matches should be secured more often with non-finishing moves Mm -hmm. to me. Because again, it adds to the believability factor of what what we're watching. If I've explained that properly, <laughs> no, you absolutely absolutely right. It's and you you hit the nail on the head. It's now very choreographed, uh, mm. and it's te- technically astounding to watch. Uh, that's not me kind of slating the product. It 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 changes with the times. Absolutely, um, the the wrestlers nowadays are the most technically gifted that we've ever ever seen. Things that that wrestlers can do now a standard moves blows away a lot of the stuff that we grew up on with the 80s and, and, and 90s but it is choreographed you can see where moves uh, look flashy and have very little impact you can see how uh, finishes of matches uh, start happening two to three minutes before you get to the end because there's a set routine of moves to yeah. to end a match there is not enough of this where it's desperation, where it's something as simple as a as a, a small package winning a match. Um, I think it's a, a brave call, um, but ultimately, I think it was a very very interesting one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. And again, I suppose Diesel comes out of it looking very strong, doesn't he? He's not damaged by the loss because it looks like Brett just managed to sneak one. It looks mm-hmm. like almost Brett's almost fluked 
the three count in this yeah. particular instance. And then Diesel beats the shit out of him anyway. And the yeah. refs, which which makes Diesel look super super strong, mm-hmm. uh, and also kind of solidifies that that heel turn that it was obviously uh, was happening after this. Um, Brett walks out as the as the champion, but doesn't look like a champion. If you understand no. what I mean? Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean, ultimately, I, I quite enjoyed this magazine. Out of ten, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean. It's it's hard to judge um, it fairly in in twenty twenty two hours because it is so old school in mm. in the way that the match uh, happens. There's a lot of unique stuff, a lot of uh, really interesting things that you you perhaps don't see enough of. Uh, the 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 cable spot I think is outstanding. Um, the 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 table spot for its time was was phenomenal. As of now, it's it's par for the course. Uh, the finish, I thought, was very, very uh, intelligent. The pace is a little bit slow now for me in terms of uh, the kind of wrestling I enjoy uh, to, to watch now. But judging it in in kind of in isolation as, as the just the match, it was very, very good. Very, very good. Um, I think it's it's an easy seven and a half. Okay, okay. I'm a bit lower, to be honest. I'm a bit lower. I I really enjoyed what they did, and there were moments that I thought were brilliant. The cable spot was fantastic. You know, the the table spot, again, is fantastic. The pace thing, for me, was a bit too slow. Okay, fair. I appreciate the story they're trying to tell with Diesel being the big, strong, powerful guy, Brett being smaller and quicker, but there were times when it went so slow, it was always going backwards. And that kind of took away for me a little bit. But at the same time, I still really enjoyed the story they were trying to tell. I love the old school kind of stylings to it because that's very much the type of wrestling I enjoy. But it went too slow too often for me in between these great moments I like. So I'm I'm probably going to go a six and a half, Magsy. So, you know, one lower than you, I guess. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, For me, I think um, the fact that Brett was able to mix up his styles uh, mm. and show the desperation. Kind of puts tips it over the edge for me, but I understand your your kind of rhetoric that yeah, it's out of its it's a match certainly of its time. It's yeah. definitely a match of the the mid nineties. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And so then, where are we going next? Where are we going next? Where would you like to link to for next week's show, Magsy? Okay, so uh, this was. Uh, Kevin uh, Nash Diesel's uh, one and only run with the WF title. Um, it wouldn't be long before he kind of up sticks, moves on, um, where he would have a way more success in terms of uh, titles, um, but also kind of started to ruin wrestling a little bit with his uh, wacky booking. Um, but I, I do want to kind of stick on this Kevin Nash train. So uh, the the link is Kevin Nash. The link is a uh, uh, debut. Well, not debut, but uh, first title runs. Um, so I want to go to uh, Starcade 1998, uh, December okay. 27th, where uh, Kevin Nash faced uh, the undefeated Goldberg um, for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, eventually winning that that title uh then which leads on to another uh 
infamous moment in wrestling, which uh, I, I assume we can talk about at, at the same time. But yeah, essentially, I want to go to Starcade, uh, where Kevin Nash becomes the person that beats Goldberg Streak. Why? Wow, this is like like Dan Griffin said earlier on in the chat. This is a little bit Twilight Zone, isn't it? You're putting forward WCW matches, and I want that to win. I want that to win. <laughs> I'm voting for you this week, Max. I'm going with you. That's that's surreal. That is why. Um, yeah, great shape. Great shape. Starcade '98. Kevin Nash versus Goldberg. Brilliant mm-hmm. stuff. Little cameo from Scott Hall as well. Uh, yep. Lots of stuff going on behind the scenes, which we can discuss as well. You know, why did they end Goldberg's streak and all this sort of stuff? So yeah, really interesting shape, mate. I I, I would love to discuss that next week. I really would. So but I've got to put a pick up then. I've got it, mate. I've got it. I was going to say, but the nature of the beast is I've got to put something else up now. Mine is very much a case of something I've watched when I was very young. Don't think I've watched it back since, but I did have the VHS tape, so I probably watched it more than once back in those days. And it gets mentioned a lot in in the CWF and, and our little circles and so on. My link is going to be the winner of this match defended the championship against the British Bulldog at the next pay-per-view or next event, which was the In Your House event. So my link is the Bulldog is is the uh is the link and i want to just simply use the bulldog to jump back in time a few years and have a little look at the battle royal at the albert hall where where bulldog won yeah yeah i mean i can't remember i can't remember many people that were in that match other than the bulldog himself and i think that it could be quite interesting going back to a bit of a weird time running a show like that in the uk Hogan wasn't around pushing the bulldog because he was supposedly the hometown hero and all this sort of stuff. And I just like to, I see it as almost like a little time capsule, a battle royal with whatever it was, 20 people in the ring. We can have a good discussion and a good look at the different characters that were involved. And it gives us plenty of options to go on to the following week, doesn't it? So yeah, that's, that's my choice there, Mags. I'd I'd say a great pick, but it's not as good as the one I've picked, so... No, it's not. It's, it's well, genuinely not. We'll see. <laughs> but the, the CWF have got you uh, on lock. You tend to be winning pretty much every week now, so we're probably watching uh, the British Bulldog win in the hallowed halls of the <laughs> Royal Albert Hall. I hope we're going to Starcade, mate. I, hope, I want to see Goldberg versus Nash. I really do. I remember two Kevin Nash matches in the space of seven days. It might be a bit much for us, but at the same time, it's WCW. Let's let's get let's do it. This this and then the one hope, hopefully that we'll touch on are two of the most infamous Kevin Nash yeah. matches. Though to be fair, yeah, exactly. So those are your choices for next week. The poll will be up Wednesday, Thursday ish sort of time when the audio version is with you later in the week. Your options are. Kevin Nash versus Goldberg from Starcade 1998 for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, or the Battle Royal at the Albert Hall from 1991, I believe that was, late 91, uh, was it, Max? I think so, yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, those are your options. The vote will be, the poll, sorry, will be on Twitter, as always, as it always is. Make sure you chuck us a vote, retweet, etc., etc. Let us know why you're choosing in certain directions as well. I always find that quite interesting, why people have voted for certain options and so on. So, yeah, there we go. Maxi, I suppose that concludes this week's show, bud. It certainly does. And um, before we 
give the can of socials and the go home. Uh, I want to show a bit of love to one of the members of the CWF who's uh, unfortunately yeah. not been able to be here today. Um, Scottish Danny, Colin McAlde, um, the, the Canning Town Stabber. Um, he's having uh, some some major um, issues in in his personal life, uh, um, and I just want to make sure he knows that we uh, we love him and we we absolutely are, are here for him through this uh, this horrible time um, uh, in his life. Uh, and if he needs anything, definitely definitely uh, don't hesitate to reach out, sir. You are massively important to to us, not only as a as a listener, but as a, as a as a friend. We really yeah. do appreciate you. So yeah, uh, much love there to uh, to uh, Scottish Danny. Um, but yeah, that's it from from us. Uh, follow me down here on the on the Twitter at PodfatherMags. Follow me on TikTok at MagsAllPods. Uh, in terms of content all over Radio Techers, I would be massively appreciate it if you go back and and uh, check out some some of the 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 live streams that we did for WrestleMania. I don't I fully don't expect you to sit through all thirteen hours of it, but there is a <laughs> lot of highlights to uh, to skip back there uh, through. Um, we the conversation takes some very very weird turns so it'd be cool if you went and check that out uh but you also will find me uh on the the football watch alongs um with mma on five rounds uh we're starting to kind of push for f1 watch alongs as well which has been a lot of fun um and then uh in in other content i'm on um uh um uh, chair shot yeah, I don't even know why my brain went empty then. Um, but I'm on chair shot with a changing attitude, Badlands, uh, and also I pop up on Visionaries Global Media every now and again. So yeah, you can find me wherever you source your podcasts. Wow, I had a massive brain fart then. Yeah, I think you need your bed, mate, don't you? Oh, I've, I'm beyond sleep now. I'm I'm into the realms of zombie. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> uh, I just want to reiterate what you said as well mate about Scottish Danny you know Magsy said it perfectly so I don't want to go on too much but Danny we love you you know where we are if you need us but <laughs> okay uh, you can find me on Twitter at SJP Words and you can find a little group on Facebook SJP all the shows and info and both of those there are where you can get links to all the stuff I'm involved in, whether it's chain wrestling here with Magsy, or we have Nitro Nights that I do with the aforementioned Scottish Danny, Levin talking to Danny every week about crazy WCW nonsense. The Waiting Room coming back very, very soon. Me and Benny Mac are recording episodes all the time, getting loads and loads done. Can't wait for that to come back. It's not. It's not going to be long, Magsy. It's not going to be long. We want a few in the bank before we release, but it shouldn't be a shouldn't be too much longer before we start chucking them out there. And we also have the Doctor Who pod that I do with our good friend Dan Griffin, going to the end of our first season. There, some great stories to look into. Um, tomorrow's episode is quite interesting because what we watched, Dan hated. So that was a that, that's going to be quite an interesting listen for everyone there. But most importantly, you can find this show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And that TikTok thingamy at chain underscore wrestling. So chuck us a follow on all of those social medias. Or if you've got one, two, three or four, follow us everywhere. Mm-hmm. I promise you we are incredibly entertaining and funny and it is worth it. I may be lying. I mean, I am, I'm entertaining <laughs> for this. Sai also appears. Yes, I do. I pop up every now and again. So there we go. Ah, oh, Magsy, it's been an absolute joy once again. You need to go get to bed. I need to get to bed. I've got work in the morning and WrestleMania weekend is catching up with me. So I'm off now to go and, you know, DM 
Jenna Coleman and see what she actually would like for dinner and if she will join me sometime during the week. Magsy, I'll speak to you this week, my friend. And I'm off to download that image from William Kitchen and save it on my phone. <laughs> see you later, guys. Up above the streets and houses, rainbow climbing high. Everyone can see it smiling over the sky. Paint the